Nerd Nation, and welcome to another episode of Meanwhile, 22 Pages Later. I said it slow because we went through five takes of me messing up. I'm one of the hosts, the cap, the captain, you know me, and I'm here with the usual guys, Ralph the Tech. Say what's up, Ralph. What's up? <laughs> and of course, Mike the Finance Guy. Mike, how's it going? Eh, could be better. <laughs> <laughs> excited you sound and, and actually we have a special guest i have one of uh, my good friends here with me um joey bags joe say what's up what's up wow you guys are so simple <laughs> it's funny because is it me or um the past couple of weeks because we did, we've been doing this every two weeks i've been wanting to do this a little bit more oh i'm i'm itching to do it more i have lots of things to complain about <laughs> i mean i mean to talk nice things about that's for you kev um <laughs> what they say you start off every two weeks and it's one week and then you're you know a twice a week habit man what's gonna happen you make it sound like it's an addiction shoot i remember when i was 10 years old it was three or four times a day oh i'm sorry never mind (laughs) (laughs) well at least we don't have to worry about injecting this podcast in our toes so that's good um actually what it's it's interesting because between comic books and all the all the nerd stuff that goes on um it's just there's so much that happens within a week it's like damn if we talk about something in two weeks it's gonna be old True. That is very, very true. I mean, comments come out every week. We really haven't touched upon that yet. So Yeah, it's funny because Micah had mentioned that Mike and I were having a conversation. And he was like, you know, we've talked about nerd things, but we really haven't talked about comic books. So in the next coming um, episodes, we, we're definitely going to touch on some comic books. And hopefully it'll be a comic book that we're all reading. Because it'll be funny if Mike talks about it. I'm like, I don't read that. <laughs> <laughs> I only read good stuff. That's why. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I see a Guardians of the Galaxy here with a raccoon on it. I think the definition of good is in the dictionary. <laughs> it's under great. <laughs> it's, it's, it's under few and far between, but you buy more books than I do. I don't understand that. <laughs> Mine's so, like, I bought 15 books. I'm like, but I thought you didn't like anything. I liked 11 of those 15 and only three of those four. <laughs> so, so, out of the dentist rating, you're that fifth dentist? That <laughs> I'm, that guy. I'm that guy. I just didn't come in that day. <laughs> For all those who are, who are tuning in either late or brand new to this show just know that um this podcast is basically having people east and west of the doctor who border meeting for some good old-fashioned nerd bitching or nerd debating depending on how you go about it so um it's what's funny is that usually we open with talking about either movie we saw i just wanted to open with something that i should have opened with last show and i know people are going to get mad at me for this but i don't care because honestly i think it belongs with um meanwhile 22 pages because Miley Cyrus's performance was stranger than fucking fiction. Obviously, you're talking about the, <laughs> what, the Video Music Awards? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, the video also, because what was funny is when I saw her video for the, for the um, song that she got nominated for, I said, what the hell is this stuff? I got to bring this up on the show. And I didn't. I said, no, it's a comic book podcast. It's a nerd podcast. I'm not going to bring that up. And then all of a sudden, here come the VMAs. And that performance was like, Oh, I should have just went with it. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody should have gone with that. <laughs> well, what did, I mean, did you guys did you guys catch it? I called it later on. I, I, I refused to watch the awards program. It's just my thing. Yeah, I saw, I saw it on YouTube. I was out on Sunday. I actually have a life. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have a life, but I still didn't catch it. No, I, I have a life, and my DVR doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> I have a life, but unfortunately, my girlfriend loves Lady Gaga and she was like I refuse to miss Lady Gaga's opening performance she's such a great artist I'm like it was good when Madonna did it but you know we stuck around to watch the rest of it and here comes you know Miley Cyrus and I all I see her is on the back of 
pink book bags, and here she is bending over, putting her faces in crotches, taking I, I can't even buy a number one finger at a baseball game anymore because now she's <laughs> using it and using it as like a phallic symbol. She's bending over in front of random uh, it's, it was just like atrocious. I'm like you couldn't write that. If you would have told me five years ago, you know what? Miley Cyrus is going to dance around like a crack whore. In all honesty, though, if you, if you watch the performance, I was just thinking about it when you were talking, Cap, is that if you animated it, it would look exactly like something from a Family Guy cutaway. <laughs> no lie. It would look just that made up Do tongue out of the mouth. Do you at the VMAs? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Tongue out of the mouth, dancing teddy bears, you rubbing You ever wonder things. what happened to the gummy bears? <laughs> Dude, it was like an LSD trip. Because oh. yeah, then, then Robin Thicke comes out, and Robin Thicke, you know... Beetlejuice? Uh, <laughs> the guy usually dresses pretty well. And I can say, you know, as a guy who likes fashion, I'm like, dude, he dresses well. He comes out, I'm like, what the hell is that? He looked just like Beetlejuice, and here comes Miley flappy-ass Cyrus bending over in front of him and rubbing his crotch on him. And I'm like, what's going well, on Maybe with Maybe he wore those prison stripes because he thought she was young enough to be jailbait or something. <laughs> <laughs> Those, those were the blurred lines that he's been talking about. So. Ah, <laughs> he, cleared, he cleared them up for everybody? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, all I had to say was I just, and I'm sorry, I apologize to you guys in advance, but I wanted to bring that up because I just found it really, really odd. And speaking of young children doing odd things, the first thing we're going to talk about is um, the movie that came out about a week and a half ago called Kick Ass 2. And Mike, um, could you give the audience a brief synopsis of what the hell Kick-Ass 2 was about? I don't know how brief it'll be, but I'll give it a whirl. Uh, <laughs> as, as you have four pages in front of you. Hey, they're, they're, they're smallly written pages there, you know. Um, all right, Kick-Ass 2. All right, so obviously number two is the sequel. It's the sequel to Kick-Ass that came out in 2010. This movie is going to pick up three years later. And we see uh, Hit Girl. She's now 15. She's attending high school with Kick-Ass. And uh, he's now a senior. Uh, and he's pretty much kind of given up being kick-ass for that time, and he's been regretting it. Um, hit girl, she's still on patrol. But now she's been living with uh, um, her father, Big Daddy's ex-partner, uh, Detective Williams. And he wants her to have a normal life. So she tries to honor him. Back in high school, she tries to fit in with this mean girl crowd, which doesn't work. But, uh, you know, that's when she's supposed to get that realization that, you know, ducks got to swim, birds got to fly, bears got to shit in the woods kind of thing. Um, wow, that's during, a good analogy. <laughs> Keep going. That was good. During that time, uh, Kick-Ass, he's um, trying to go back out on patrol. He meets up with some other heroes, um, joins up with this group. They call themselves the Justice Forever Team, and that's led by Jim Carrey as uh, Colonel Stars and Stripes. Um, during that time, the Justice Forever, nah, it's kind of a cool group of people. I mean, it's you know, supposed to represent the Justice League. He's got some fun going on. His best friend, Marty, is part of it, and also he has a new love interest in there called Night Bitch. Uh, now, while that's going on, you get Chris D'Amico. He's made his turn back there. That's the Red Mist, formerly. His father, of course, he's still brooding over the death of that, hating kick-ass for it, and complaining with, the, with his mom, Yancey Butler, and inadvertently kills her while she's in a tanning bed. Then, uh, in grief, I guess, with uh, his bodyguard, uh, Javier, who is what, John Leguizamo. Yeah, yeah, there you go. They are going through the parents' uh, belongings. All this S&M equipment falls out, including some wonderfully large anal beads, I would have to say. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, from that alone, Chris D'Amico says he realizes his destiny, and he decides to dress up in this bondage gear as a character he calls the motherfucker. Uh, then the motherfucker goes out and recruits his own gang of racially insensitively named villains, including the over-the-top superhuman named Mother Russia. And they form a group. They go out mass murdering, a lot of things going on. Um, all, while that's going on, uh, motherfucker ends up 
figuring out who Kickass is, gets Kickass's dad in jail and kills him there. That's given us now the you know fight. Everyone's father is now dead. And inevitable superhero and the villain fight showdown goes on at the end where you get Kickass versus Motherfucker and Hit Girl versus Mother Russia. Lots of carnage, an attempt at poetic justice, whatever you want to say. Ends up Hit Girl leaving town and Kickass has her armory and is now making his formal superhero suit. That's what we got. Wow. That was pretty good, Mike. Very uh, Not too bad. Not too like, bad. No, that was pretty concise. I mean, it would have took me like 20 more minutes to do that. <laughs> and, then, and, and then the colors were great. Oh, no, did I get off track yet? So, I mean, that, that was good. All right, so you know how we do, gentlemen. Likes, dislikes, let's put likes on the table first. I like that after I watched it, it was over. <laughs> wait, wait, for the guy who gave six claws to Wolverine, you're saying now that you don't like something. Yeah, you know, I, I can't wait to hear how this one goes. Here we go. go I ahead. don't know what it was about Kick-Ass that I, as I was watching it, I just, I, I didn't like it. For some reason, the, the whole, you know what it is? I always see superheroes as like the strong type that when you're surrounded by five guys, you're going to take them out, right? Oh, no, not Kick-Ass. He gets in a few good hits, and then he gets his ass kicked. <laughs> <laughs> now, are you comparing this uh, just on its own, or are you comparing it with Kick-Ass 1? Or are no. you comparing it to the books, or, you know? Uh, on its own. It's just the way the, 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 the main character seems, he's like, I don't, I don't know how to describe it. Like, all right, he's wimpy, and he's trying to buff up. And you see him, he's, he's all good and, and muscular and whatnot. And he's still getting his ass kicked. <laughs> and he's acting like a little bitch the whole movie. Well, don't forget, though. I mean, granted, I'm not defending this movie because I think it's great. I'll get to my side of it as well. I'm agreeing with movie. it. But, wow. um, you know, the point of the movie is the fact that, you know, you can be buff. But, you know, any of us can be buff. Doesn't mean we can go out and become Batman. So, you know, that right. is kind of the point of it is that, yes, you can still be good. You just can't go out fighting crime like that. Yeah, or, if you, or if you do, you're going to get your ass kicked. Exactly. Yeah. And, but if don't act like a little bitch the whole time. I mean, come on. No, I agree. No, I definitely agree with that. Dude, he was getting his hit. He was getting hit, but that was good. I mean, little bitch like, <laughs> no, he was like, you know, getting his hits in and still going back for more. Yeah, Stupidity, yes, bitch, no. He's whining. He's like, it's like, hey, girl, come on. This year, the one I really want on the team. No one else. Hey. Hey, come on. I, I understand that, that, that sentiment when there's like a group of something that you, you're part of and you have a friend that's really good at that something and that friend doesn't want to join you. Like, come on, come on, man. I'm hearing a lot of the words friend, friend, friend. Basically, I think the cap is saying that when he gets in lots of trouble, he calls for his girlfriend to get him out of trouble. <laughs> hey, you know that you know she's stronger than I am. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm saying I can, I mean, I didn't feel like he was a bitch at all. I think my issue was so many loopholes. I mean, I mean, the, I mean, color-wise, like we were talking about the likes, the colors were great, and the action sequences kept you interested. But I felt like, and I saw it with, um, I saw it with Mike. Mike and I saw the movie together, and I don't know if you felt this way, Mike. I think you did. Me and you gave each other a look a couple of times. Like the movie just felt like it just didn't want to end. No, it it didn't want to end. I mean, I mean just kind of like what Ralph was saying. I mean, I you know, I too was happy when I saw the credits roll. You know that, <laughs> and, and knew that it wasn't an Avengers-related movie, so I knew there was nothing to stay for. No, there, there was an after credits scene. Was there? Oh yeah. man, we left early. Really? Was. What you I see, feel like my mother. <laughs> in the after credits scene, you see Chris D'Amico, uh, yeah. the right. motherfucker, in a hospital bed. Oh God! With no legs. And he's screaming. He's like, come on, I got to pee. The fucking shark bit off my dick. Oh, oh, oh. my God. Okay, we didn't miss that much. Okay. I, 
That's almost as bad as the Daredevil um, after credit thing where he, where, where Bullseye, um, a.k.a. Colin Farrell, is in the freaking hospital bed and there's a fly flying around and he throws something at it and he kills the fly and he goes, Bullseye. Just, <laughs> and that was a bad accent, but fuck it, I do bad accents all the time. Get used to it, people. <laughs> but I mean, go, going back to it, I mean, I, I just felt, I mean, I felt like the movie was long and I also felt like... Um, First off, if you read Kick-Ass 1, I liked Kick-Ass 1. The movie translated well, but I felt like the ending, because they switched a lot of things, it wasn't the same as the book. If anybody had read Kick-Ass 1, you know, in the, in the comic book, he doesn't get the girl at the end. The girl gets mad because he, you know, that he lied to her about being gay and then gets some guy to kick his ass. And then on top of that, um, to, to make him more jealous, she had him sending pictures. She sent him pictures of her going down to the same guy. Nice. Nice I, family movie. I think Disney was going to write that one, right? <laughs> hey, kick I didn't say Kick-Ass was a family movie, but, you know. So that, so what I'm saying is that you know I understand one you know even with the the, the the slight change in the end one was still you know palatable second as a book sucked and second as a movie just didn't do any better and they made a lot of changes from from the book to the movie but it just it was it was long and I felt like um, just I mean I have a couple of things written down does anybody mourn death. No. Evidently, when you lose your father slash only parent, no one cares. But even Chris... D'Amico's lost both parents. Kick-Ass lost his only parent after his mother died in front of him from an aneurysm from the first movie. (laughs) And uh, Hit Girl got over her father's death right away. But, you know, she's an exception. I'll give her that. She's crazy. Yeah, but 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 even even part of her mourning, I mean, that last, that was kind of like, you know, a a, a theme that kind of went through the entire film. I mean, Chris D'Amico's mom's died, and then the next scene you see him with John Leguizamo... And they're looking through her room like, what did they do with the body? They throw it in the freaking closet. Like, okay, we're done with her. House is mine, bitches. <laughs> what was Yancey Butler? They knew they'd find her again on some sci-fi channel movie. Wow. <laughs> uh, I shouldn't say that. I love Yancey Butler. I miss her. She was great in Witchblade. And if no one saw Witchblade, go see it. Wow. I didn't realize that's... Wow. Holy smokes. Yeah, okay. She was Witchblade. She was Sarah Pizzini. Wow. I love the Witchblade. I mean, I don't know about the show, but I love the comic book. So. The show was excellent the first season. The second season sucked, and then I don't know what happened. It was gone. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I didn't realize that was the mother. But yeah, they, they, they dispatched the mother super quick, and next thing you know, they're talking. First of all, how's, how does a 16-year-old like that have access to all that money? Well, he's not 16. He's older than Kick-Ass. Is he older than Kick-Ass? Yeah, because remember, he was already a senior in the first movie. Right. Okay. So, right. He's, so you figure he's about three years older, so he's probably 21, 2021. 20, but I just felt like he was, the, the mother was dispatched so quickly. I mean, he whined about his father, but his mother's like, meh, mom, meh, I got money. Right. Well, then there's also that whole mob mentality. I mean, again, not talking because I know the mob or any mob people I want to offend out there. But, you know, it's a male-dominated society. So, you know, I think she was kind of secondary on the list. <laughs> have you read uh, Kick-Ass 2? I have, I, I have Kick-Ass 2 and I have Kick-Ass 3. Isn't the mother still alive in Kick-Ass 2? Whose mother? Uh, oh, um, Hickel's mother is still alive in Kick-Ass 2. No, um... D'Amico's mom? Yeah. You're right. D'Amico's mom. It, that's right. Isn't she the one that like causes more problem? And everything? Mm-hmm. Right. They, they, they went. I totally forgot about that. Because the, the, the mother's alive even going into three, but I don't want to mm-hmm. get into three because two was horrible. Um, <laughs> but I mean, even with all those changes, you know, they, they, you know, he didn't care about, you know, Redmond didn't care about his mother dying. No. Um, the motherfucker. Motherfucker, same guy, whatever. No, because remember he says that clearly he's like, Redmond was my superhero name. I am now a villain. 
Oh. I am the motherfucker. So I kick tanning beds and kick my and kill my mother. Whatever. <laughs> no, superpower is money. <laughs> superpower being a klutz. <laughs> but you got that, then you have you know Kickass father die, and yeah, his father died, but it's almost like. I mean, where Hit Girl, it was throughout the entire theme of the movie. Kick ass, I get my father's like, okay, let's go fight. What? I'm still laying in a corner, you know, cuddling <laughs> my teddy bear for like two weeks. And not saying he has to be like that, but just, you know, something to show that he, you know, he loved his, he lost both, he lost, he lost both his parents. What's wrong with my English today? They attacked him at the funeral. What do you expect him to do? Well, and also, I mean, I wouldn't, I mean, you know, you're used to the superhero philosophy or even just any action movie philosophy that, you know, the loss of any loved one. It, that's what's giving you the anger initially. So I'm fine with the initial anger. But once you've killed your villain and whatnot, there should be some reaction besides, oh, I guess I'm just going to keep doing this. I'm going to walk down the street after I gave Hit Girl her first kiss. <laughs> and everything's okay. I'm in the house by myself with no guardians. Yeah, I think actually Open Kick-Ass clip. is actually going to need to borrow um, Robin's outfit there with the stripes because that, that is statutory rape, I think, by that point. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 15 can get you 20. That was right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's and they, and they use that line in the movie like, damn, I've been using that for years. I'm telling my friends, I know 15 can get you 20. <laughs> but, all right, there was a funny scene where um, a hey girl, I guess you could think he's saying she's breaking up with him. In a way, because yeah. she doesn't want to keep doing it anymore because she made the yeah. promise. And everyone thinks that they were going out. And then uh, his girlfriend at the time was just breaking up. was like, you fucking pedophile. You going after her? That's wrong with you. And she slaps him. And then his friends come up. It's like, oh, yeah, man. If there's grass in the field, play ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, wow. Yeah. They, they, they went there. But, I mean, I found that kind of fun. I found Hit Girl's introduction to the... I don't say the real girl world, but you know, going through puberty and going through changes and having feelings—that was kind of a funny little. That's the uh, see, girl world. See, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like how that. Really? I mean, didn't like that. No, I, I didn't. I, I, it was. I thought the movie mashed too many genres together, and that was one of them. And they literally took Mean Girls. I mean, there was no disguising that this was Mean Girls slash Heather's thrown into the kick-ass film because that's the only view that this writer or at least the screenplay writer had of a high school to try and be hip and cool. I mean, you know, we've seen the bitchy girl routine, not saying it doesn't occur, but you've given me nothing novel and then you've done it poorly over the top and then the resolution to that is just some vomiting diarrhea scene, <laughs> you know, it just, it, it just really didn't work. Yeah. I, you know, it's, it was just, what, in other words, my, my thing is it's, Hit Girl, she was, you know, searching for herself minorly. She was really searching for herself for someone else. For her to fall in with that crowd of all crowds just made no sense. In other words, if, if you're telling me that she's on her own and she's just lost and wafting or her now father has forced her to deal with these people and she's just trying to be polite, in which case then you would just be polite. But for her to voluntarily go, well, these are these plastic fake girls that are bitchy to everybody. I fight for the underdog normally. Why would I hang around these people even so for a was, second? She yeah, was no. forced to be with them because apparently it was the father that right. started to play. Because he wanted her to stop being hit girl and he goes, I'm going to have you go to the sleepover. So she kind of felt obligated to right, do that. Right, but that's a sleepover. That doesn't mean you have to keep hanging out with these people. Yeah, I but mean, I think also it, when you're a teenager, it's not like you're an adult where your mind is already set. You're right, she's she's not your ordinary Right, teenager. I was about to say, she's not yeah, a but teenager. She, but even she states it. But even but, she states but it. But she's not know. an adult either, which, which shows that there, there could be flawed thinking. There could be a lot of second thoughts. Right. There could be a lot of like... But now let's go back to teenagers that we see 
see now. I mean, you go to teenagers in school. Are they all hanging around the mean bitchy girls? No. You get the loners. You get the jocks. You get those loners that are drawing in their books their plans to wipe out the class, which is pretty much exactly where she would be about that point. You know? Wow, we just made a column. Oh my God. <laughs> well, I mean, but she would be that kind of person. That's my whole point is that they just basically said because she's a girl – she has to eventually want to fall into this pattern. And it's like, well, that's not the kind of girl she is. Yeah. It was when she went to the sleepover and she saw the video. Right. And then she got, and, and, and her loins, her loins going, got yeah. moist. <laughs> because, I mean, we all, all of us have had that moment where we realized, you know, um, when we're attracted to somebody like, oh my goodness, that moment, I think that was a kind of a cool moment because here this girl was only involved in killing and being a hero and doing all this tactical stuff. And, this one moment she gets to be a girl. She gets to be a girly girl. No, no, you know, I think that that idea had to be introduced. It, it's something that it, it causes inner conflict. I mean, yeah, you know, she she doesn't think twice about chopping somebody's head off, but you know, oh my God, I, I actually no. Like the, the idea of her needing to address being a girl, wonderful. It was the implementation. Like I said, it was just it was the mean girls impl implication. It was just tired by this I, point. Well, I mean, like I said, you're, you're going to Heather's. I think it was from what the. What ninety or yeah 90s. or I don't even think it was nineties. I think it was either eighty nine or ninety itself. I mean, so you're talking about over twenty years of bitchy high school girl movies that we've had to deal with, and but, but, it's but just that. But that was just a tiring yeah, but, scene but, but, for but me. It's you know, that, that, that even goes to high school till this day. Because you're right, there are other cliques and kind of um, archetypes that we have in high school. But I think that that um, peer pressured, you know, you should be following you know, what society says you should be. I think that's always going to be But that's be the whole thing. thing is that no one in society, in other words, no one's watching that going, those three bitchy girls, that's exactly what society's telling you should be like. No one's telling you that. That's how we know they're bitchy girls is because they're doing what society's telling you not to do. They're being shallow. They're being mean. They're being hurtful. If she wanted to experience being a real girl, a typical hip girl kind of girl I'm talking about, right. then they could have just had her be with average girls and she would realize how she's not average. You see what I mean? In other yeah. words, they put her with bitchy girls because they had no imagination. They could have just put her with average girls for her to realize she's not an average girl. Information break. Heather's came out in 1988. 88. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Thank you very much there, Joe. Hi, Joe. But, uh, you know, so that's, that was one of my problems with the movie right there. And the resolution of it, like I said, was just... It was just boring. I mean, you know. You know what it is? Is if you put her with average girls, it doesn't make for a good movie. So they wanted some sort of conflict, which she and, overcomes, and it was. And, and also to funny. show to have a real side come out, because imagine her lashing out at some average chicks. Well, she wouldn't have to lash out. That's my whole thing, and that's what I'm saying. Like there was no need for it. If she just realized who she was, the resolution would just be, you know what? This isn't my life. I'm not an average girl. Just like she realized. Except she just would realize it without tasering somebody and making them vomit but and also remember, crap their pants. <laughs> I didn't find it entertaining. I, 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 I don't know. I mean, maybe we should pull the room of how many people are entertained by vomit and diarrhea because oh, that's I, hitting, I like that's that hitting a fetish that I don't want to know about. Dick and fart jokes. <laughs> I mean, dick and fart jokes are okay, but I mean, when, when that girl got t hit by the tip stick, the tip stick. Wow. Oh, that's true. The six stick. She go. got hit with the tip of the six stick. Wow. That's a tongue, that's a tongue tie. Eight, eight times fast. Yes. And when the, that lump of diarrhea just came wadding out. It wasn't a lump. Rear. It was a stream. Maybe it was, just, it was literally just a waterfall of diarrhea. I was like, whoa. I was like, we went there. And that's where I was kind of like, okay. Because there could have been other ways to portray that. Because even in the book, she tortures the girls differently. And it's hilarious. The way I just, she, I um, she, she, she um, corners, I believe she corners every single one and, oh, and then she gets she leaves the mean the, the leader for last and almost like hangs her 
like I think she hangs it almost from a dumpster and it like tells her like you're gonna be you're gonna go over to my next sleepover and you're gonna bring makeup and we're gonna have a good time. You hear me? Like like she almost <laughs> forces her to be her friend and they start kissing her ass after that. Like oh my god, you know she you know she's awesome because she almost kicked their ass. That was awesome because she singled it out. But this whole the, the six stick thing was the whole dick and fart joke thing. I was like ah. Yeah, it definitely was. Like I said, it just didn't grab anything for me, you know, there. Um, but also, just the, the movie, you know, we were talking about before, it just doesn't seem to end. It just, it has a lot of lulls. Um, you know, I know it's not fair to compare one movie to another, especially when it's not even the same director, it's not even the same studio, which, by the way, for people thinking of viewing it, should give you a hint when a studio passes on another sequel. But, um, when you watch the first movie, it actually flows. It, 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 it's not a perfect movie by any sense, but it, it flows, it all works together, and it feels like a thought that's been put onto film. Um, this one was just disjointed. Like I said, you got the Mean Girls part. Then you got the, I, I don't even know what else was going on around there. You, you, I mean, you have, you have the, 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 the Heroes Forever, and then you have, um, you have D'Amico um, putting together his group of these, like, Really, um, like you said, um, just off the wall, racially yeah. insensitively named. The black guy was named Black Death, and yeah. what was it like the Genghis Khan or whatever they called him, Chinese guy? You know, I'm like, what the, you know? What was the, 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 the white guy? Oh, the tumor, because he was short and liked to kill people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then Mother Russia, I know that Mike, and Mike, we all know, or as we've talked about here on the podcast, Mike is the most critical one out of everybody. Thank you. Um, Mike is the most critical one out of everybody. So I was waiting for the Mike moment. And the Mike moment is when I could see him wanting to flail his arms up in the air and be like, what the fuck? And that moment was when Mother Russia grabbed the police car, the, the door, and ripped it off the hinges yeah. and then threw it at the other police yeah, car. Yeah, I mean, she's literally superhuman by that point. I mean, you know I mean? Again, I know it's a movie, but it's passing the point of the movie. I mean, she was truly, truly superhuman. Funny part there is when the cops are like, we're going to need uh, backup, eight cops down. And she's like, don't you mean 10? Right. You know, taken away from that, the Mother Russia part, I said, that's just, uh, you know, nitpicking, whatever. It's just, it was just the violence was just there for the sake of it. I mean, there was violence, obviously, in the first one, but this one, it was just over the top. It was, just, but not over the top as in, Oh, I don't like gore. I don't like grossness. I, I'm a huge horror movie fan. I, you know, I, I can watch torture films with the next one. Me out of that one. But this one, it just, it just felt like, gee, I don't know how to write or direct a better story. So, crank up the blood. It's kind of like know. the analogy you made when we went to go watch the movie. We were talking about what other critics had said, and you said it's almost like if somebody has a like if a comedian has a lack of knowing what is funny, they add curses. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think that was an excellent right. Analogy. You know, just appeal to the lowest possible common denominator of the population and just keep going with it. And that's what I felt like this was doing. I didn't understand watching the whole movie or well, the beginning part. Um, Hit Girl's stepfather is a detective right right why did it take him so fucking long to know that his uh stepdaughter isn't going to school that she and she actually has like well she said no, remember she said that she was going in and changing the computers so come on you actually gotta you would think he would check on her every once in a while so oh, it, well, he was trusting her he, th he thinks that she's you know, messed up. Well, but, but also don't forget this isn't i mean i, I mean i don't definitely I, I definitely agree to a point but don't forget this wasn't a month later. This is three years later. So obviously he has no reason, for whatever reason, in three years to suspect. Like maybe he's already gone through that. Maybe she's been truant and he's gone over it or whatever. But, but I do agree. I mean, you would just think that knowing also, how she is. How does he have to be a parent, bro? 
And what kind of school is that? Thank you for insulting all the police officers out there. <laughs> I'm saying he has no time. I'm not, I'm not insulting uh, cops now. I mean, I insult cops well, later on, but no. I mean, if he's going home in the middle of the day to check if she's there, because remember the part where he discovers her. He's like, I'm on my way home. By the way, that was Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah. Like I said, this was just a hodgepodge of other movies that you've seen. You know. Yeah, you're expecting to hear that. <laughs> was that you trying to sing the theme? Uh, okay, now, give an A for effort, but a C on execution, bro. <laughs> yeah, good. If you're gonna sing horribly, go all the way through it. In the movie, not me. Okay. Yeah, well, uh, for those who want to rate Ralph singing, our, our website is now. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about the website. We'll, we'll put a second, little special section for rate Ralph. <laughs> rate Ralph singing. We'll have Ralph singing the classics. <laughs> and now the 1967 Fantastic Four theme song, <laughs> which is my personal favorite, by the way. Um, okay, so I mean. There was something else I wanted to talk about when it came to Kick-Ass. Um, oh, the, one of the bright spots, Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey, yeah, he was good. He was actually really good. Also because he was limited in his uh, appearance. Nothing personal, Jim, but... <laughs> He's, in the movie, he plays a born-again Christian former mobster that actually worked for the Domingo family. Yes. Right. But it was and funny. did a great job of yeah, it. I would, you know, it's funny. If I would have heard the voice and closed my eyes, there's certain voices, there's certain characters that you know as Jim Carrey. I mean, Fire Marshal Ed, and um, I mean, even the, what was the name Ace of the girl? Ace Ventura. Ace Ventura. Remember the girl from In Living Color, the one with no boobs? That yeah, was like I just can't think of the, the name of it. one. One more time, man. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, but the point and is it's, that it's Fire Marshal Bill. Fire Marshal Bill? Yes. What? Oh, Fire Marshal Ed is the one from the Jets. Yes. Okay, so so the bottom line is a lot of Jim Carrey's. Damn, I hate you, Joe. Um, <laughs> bottom line is um, that in all the other characters he's done previously, you can hear his voice in it. In this one, you can close his eyes and you would not think it was Jim Carrey. Yeah, it was no, really he, d like good homework. You know, he did good homework on character development. And well, he didn't Jim Carrey it. Like he, he actually, exactly, he, but he actually did an acting job. I and mean, it's not that he's not a good actor; he is. But he, <laughs> he did an acting job, which is surprising that he actually took the time to do a good acting job for a more tongue-in-cheek superhero e movie. And was rumors <laughs> that he hated the movie that he didn't want to do it? I knew. Well, no, I had heard. I mean, again, I, maybe he did hate it, but the going saying is that he wouldn't promote the movie because of its violence. That's, that's at least what you find on the net, is that that's the reason why he's not promoting it. He won't promote it. Well, you know, I mean, <laughs> hey, you know, I guess a check is a check. Yeah, I was about to say, a check is a check. And, you know, I don't know how many kids he has or what their ages are, but, you know. But, uh, yeah, he's, he's at that age. He's kind of like Eddie Murphy, where it's like, I'm not going to say fucking shit anymore. It's like, but you well, built your career he, on that. He has to audition almost over again. You got to realize, before he was getting, like, $20 million right. thrown at him. True. Now he looks like he has to earn his job. Burt Wonderstone, that's all I, think, I gotta yeah, say. He probably even brought his own fake teeth. Yeah, I'm not even <laughs> so, so he's putting more effort because he needs to sell himself again. I just want to give Mike a shout out for taking all that stuff I was trying to explain about Jim Carrey and narrowing it down to one sentence. He goes, he, he didn't Jim Carrey it. I'm like, damn, I should have just fucking said that. <laughs> <laughs> that just made it so much simpler. So thank you, Mike. I mean, he, he really did a great job. I mean, just like I said, the, he had um, some fake teeth in, you know, it, it, maybe, maybe that offset his jaw or his mouth. Size, I don't know, but I mean his Change face. Intonation. Yeah, his yeah. face looked different. Um, maybe the padding under his clothing. It just he just really looked different. I mean, definitely when you see it and you see him, you'll you'll be taken aback. You know, he did a great job. He does look like an enforcer, though. For the right, moment. he does. He, he looks large. He doesn't look like the spindly Jim Carrey that we're used to. You yeah, know, he looks like he's ate a little bit, lifted a little bit also. Maybe not that <laughs> Maybe he ate that dog after the movie. I don't know. <laughs> um, what did you guys think of the end? With with the, with the big um, fight between good versus evil, you know? Oh. 
one more thing before we get to the good versus evil. I'm still mad about um, Kickass's friend giving up where Kickass's dad is, yeah. and he gets no repercussions. Well, it wasn't just because no repercussions. Well, yeah, but it was only right, like, but he does. He knows, and you would think that that's probably come out at some point right. that it was an accident. But that felt like the most contrived thing in the world. I mean, you know, we we saw that. Um, what is it? Todd, right? Is that the friend? Because Marty is the one that is part of the Justice yeah, yeah, Todd. Forever. Um, yeah, Todd ends up with a almost reverse color Kickass uh, uniform, ass and kicker. he wants to call himself ass well, kicker. Ass Kicker is one of them. He has some other name. Yeah, uh, yeah. Whip ass and whoop ass and things like that <laughs> because he really has no uh, imagination of his own. So he doesn't get the chance to join up with his two friends that are already part of the superhero crowd. And we don't even see what happens to him. They don't show him answering an ad or looking on the internet or just stumbling onto the street. He just shows up at the motherfucker's lair. Now, I'm going to add a little class to this uh, now, um, to this uh, podcast and just say like the Brits used to say in the 1980s. Instead of saying motherfucker, I'm just going to call him the melon farmer. <laughs> wow. <laughs> because dude. that's what they – they didn't beep it out. They would actually just call it a melon farmer. Wow. Yeah, I always love that. So anyhow, so he ends up at the melon farmer's lair <laughs> <laughs> with all the other bad guys and just wanders into their VIP section gets basically accosted a little bit by them because he doesn't belong there and then announces, well, I know who Kick-Ass dad is and I know who Kick-Ass is. And, you know, they let him in and that's how it all goes down. They find his father, find him in jail, kill him. And, again, no remorse. No, no remorse. No remorse, no explanation of why he's there, One no anything that's going dad on. dad is dead because I killed him. No, but we saved the day at the end. Yeah. Yeah, no, they just is it was it was definitely a, a piss poor contrived plot piece that they just tossed in there because I guess they realized, gee, how will how will the melon farmer know who his dad is? <laughs> you know what it is is when you save your friend by six sticking someone else, everything's just forgiven. <laughs> is that what it is? <laughs> That's how it is. You six stick someone for someone else, and they say, you know what? Forget everything. What you killed my dad? It's alright. You just made six <laughs> stick into a verb, yes. which could be taken as so many different things. Yeah, I'm gonna give you my six stick. It's on hard. Yeah, but then that really sounds like you should get um, like some antibiotics or something. And the 12-year-old in me is like, what? What did you say? <laughs> but, but agreed. It, is very, it was very contrived. It was like a very, a very lazy way of, of, of putting plot pieces together and getting information out to the audience or getting the, the plot to move along. Right. You know, Because you know, God knows that plot was not moving along. You think they'll make a three? No. Well, the way it ended, I mean, you know, and now you're telling me that there was a surprise ending. I mean, I know that not a surprise ending, but there was an after the credits ending. Um, after seeing that, I hope not. I, I thought not because, I mean, in the end of two, Hit Girl, I believe, you know, she goes on her other adventure and she has her own book, but um, she still stays with the father for a while because in the book, her mother's alive. Her mother's alive and that, that um, police guy who was... He's a stepfather. Right, exactly. And he's evil. He's not evil. Yeah, in the books, he's, he's bad. No. He actually works for the D'Amico family. Really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. You know what's funny? When you got to reread stuff, you're like, damn, it's been a while since I read that. I won't that. be rereading that. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I mean, but, I, go ahead. No, I was I don't know if they'll go around and make a third one. I was just looking at some of the numbers. I mean, the first one cost them $30 million to make. The first opening weekend was $19 million, And then it, after 11 weeks domestically only, it made 48 This one cost them 28 opened with $13 million, And so far in only two weeks, though, it's made $25 million. So it's on the road to doing something, you know, it's making their money. Might be a third one. Oh, might my. be another review in two more years. And, and, and I can't even lie to you. Um, f 
I like the book, the initial concept. I mean, me and Mike have arguments about this all the time. Um, I like the concept of... That's because I'm always right. It's really not an argument. Except you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> because Mike is very like, you know, or at least from when Mike and I have discussions, if you're going to set up a universe, make sure you stay true to what your universe is. Did you just say Mike and Ike? Mike and I. <laughs> okay, I'm not speaking anymore. I'm doing sign language. How about this? Do you hear the sign language? That's me hitting my hands against the microphone. Damn it, guys. <laughs> but what I'm saying is that um, I like the fact that they started off with it's not a universe of anybody else's. There was no superheroes in this universe. And it was what if you really tried to be a superhero. You'd get your butt kicked. Now, granted, I know Mike's going to say they, they got rid of that concept once they introduced Hit Girl and Big Daddy because they were like true true superheroes or heroes because super means superpowers. Well, no, no. They were superheroes but only under the same definition that Batman is a superhero. Right. Okay. But I still enjoyed it because it was different than some of the other things that are out now. Then then you're Batman. Then you're Superman. It was different. Um, but then it just I just feel like it just got too much and over the top and silly by the second by the second go around. I just didn't enjoy it as much and I wanted to because there was a little boy in me who was watching it and, and I guess even with Daredevil yes even with Daredevil you watch the movie and you're hoping and you're kind of trying to squeeze the joy out of something like oh but at least they got the uniform right oh yeah they, they, they called him by Matt Murdock that's his name yes they went right by it but I guess that's me of living through so many bad movies done in the 80s and 90s where they didn't stick close to um, the source material and they, they just made a mess out of everything at least we could be thankful that in this movie they didn't use the banana scene, uh, banana split theme song, when the hit girl was killing a whole bunch of people. No, what, what did they wow. use though? They did use some song, and I actually kind of liked it. I can't remember what it was though. <laughs> but wow. um, but yeah, so the first one though, like watching the first movie versus the first books, I did read the uh, the first Kickass. Uh, uh, like the cat was saying, is that I uh, I didn't like the fact that they went from okay, there's no superheroes, there's no superpowers, and then suddenly. Hit girl, who's this 12-year-old girl, and in the book she's drawn even smaller than a 12-year-old girl would be, is taking a samurai sword or some kind of katana and literally lopping through heads and necks and legs. I mean, something that a grown man would have trouble doing with one slice. I know it's a comic book. That's not my also, point. Have you seen 10-year-olds nowadays? <laughs> well, she was the tiny 12-year-old, though. <laughs> you know? And like, I just didn't like that because that introduced, like I said, it introduced a Batman superhero environment in what you've already told me wasn't. But now in the movie, however, I enjoyed it because I don't know if it's maybe the writing or the pacing or maybe it's the fact that the books came out every month, month and a half, so that you had time to sit, gnaw, chew, digest what you just read, and now you can make a better opinion, whereas a movie, everything's going moment to moment to moment. I could deal with Hit Girl coming in. First of all, she wasn't that tiny. Not that that still helps that she's slicing through a guy's leg uh, with a sword, but it just kind of worked. Like I said, my mind didn't have enough time to sit there and go, but, 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 let me think on this for a month and a half or whatever. So in a movie form, I could enjoy Kick-Ass as opposed to the comic version of it. The second one, uh, like Kat was saying, I mean, it just got tiring. Also, it was very repetitive, too. Like, there was a lot of repetitive action, you know, like Hit Girl got thrown through a glass table again. You know, there was yeah. just parts that just seemed to keep going over themselves right. like that. All right. Well, I mean, we're at the moment of truth. Ratings. What do you guys rate it? Well, let's see there. Um, let's see for Kickass. I guess just out of uh, some uh, black and white, uh, black and blue eyeballs, I give it. Hmm. I'm going to give it. I guess three punches to the eyes out of five. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> so three out of five. Because because what's your one? If you had to make one statement, like someone ran up to you, Mike, go Kickass two. 
I really say only go see it if you really want to. <laughs> I don't have any enthusiasm with that. It's just that it wasn't the worst movie I've ever seen. It's not like a Daredevil or a Ghost Rider, you know, something like that. So it wasn't god awful. It just was, mm, as, especially after you've seen the first one, it was just disappointing, but it still had merits as a movie all on its own. So I don't think it's the worst thing. I give it a three out of five. Okay. Ralph, Six Claws? <laughs> That'll never be forgotten. We still talk about it on our own. I'll give it one shot, out, shot of adrenaline out of four. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you give it a one out of four live. Wow. One, one statement. Fucking little bitch, man. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> Fucking little bitch. Wow. That's Wait, kick ass or hitch girl? Hit girl. Uh, hitch girl? <laughs> Can you, def- you know, tell the difference between this? Nah. <laughs> she had the balls. <laughs> <laughs> then it was kick ass, the little bitch. Because <laughs> he had no balls. Well, I, mean, I, w- I won't go so far on saying one out of four. I kind of live on the three out of five. I'm going to go with three broken fingers out of five possible broken fingers. Um, actually, no. I'm going to go two. I'm going to go two broken fingers because it was enjoyable, you know, to, just to watch colors. But it's kind of like a Spice Girls. I, I always use this analogy. It's like a Spice Girls video. If you put it on mute, it's amusing. <laughs> but once you take it off mute, you're like, what the hell's going on? Same kind of thing. <laughs> so I give it um, two broken fingers out of five. And I guess I'll make those two broken fingers the thumb and the index. Those are the two most important ones for you. Um, all right. So, um, anything else we want to add before we um, go, out, go to break? Yeah, don't make a third movie of Kick-Ass. <laughs> If you do make a third movie, you make it so much And by the way, just before I wrap up, I just realized I, I got to bring it all the way back around. Um, I felt, did you feel awkward when um, Hit Girl and Kick-Ass were in the bedroom and she's talking to him and she's leaning and talking to him about, you know, like her feeling hurt. And I'm like, don't kiss. Please don't kiss. Don't do that. Well, I didn't feel awkward only because he didn't respond. I would have felt more awkward if he was leaning in. And yeah, with the camera shot, it was kind of well, introducing the idea that it was supposed to happen. But I, but I didn't happen. get, at least I, at least I didn't get the feeling from his side only because, like I said, like, and Ralphie pointed out, in other words, she'd already be, she was already introduced to that whole boy band thing, and her hormones were now kicking in. So for her to be moving in to the only young male that she deals with makes sense, you know. Um, but if he had moved in to kiss her, then I would have been highly disgusted. Well, I was even disgusted when 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 they're on the, when she's ready to leave and she kisses him. I'm like, no. Oh, but again, she did kiss him, and he did not kiss back. And, in, and he even commented, like, what was that for? So, again, I was still there, you know, because it's, it's that young girl fat infatuation with an older guy that, you know, again, is the only one she really knows. And, you know, he's a good-looking guy, that kind of thing. But, again, had he pushed forward or started the, the thing, that would have been, uh, well, it would have been actually probably making more money from all the pedophiles out there. <laughs> you know, after that kiss, Kick-Ass was probably thinking, you know what? I should probably go call Night Bitch and call her into <laughs> And it's funny you say about the pedophile thing, because I'm like, that ties it right back to Miley Cyrus. Because <laughs> I remember watching Miley Cyrus feeling disgusted and thinking about pink book bags with her face on it, and then I see Hit Girl Kiss. I'm like, oh, God, it's so... Uh. I would just like to see the Nielsen ratings, like, show me how many of the red dots of the sex offenders lit up during that DMA performance. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a beacon. <laughs> And on that note, as we just went all the way out there, we're going to find our way back so we can get ready for our next subject. So we'll be back with more. Meanwhile, 22 pages later, after a message from one of us talking trash.
Hello, listeners in podcast land. It's Ralph here, the tech, trying to tell you guys you can hit us up at m22lcmr at gmail.com or check out our website at meanwhile22pageslater.com. And hell, why not? Twitter too. At meanwhile22. Uh, we would love to hear from you. It's Mike, Ralph, and I'm the captain. So let's get back to the show. All right, guys, we're back from break. And before we get to our next um, subject, I just wanted to bring up some late-breaking news because I know all the nerds are raving. They're not raving. They're ranting about it. Um, It's funny because two weeks ago we started talking about um, Superman, Batman. And we started talking about the idea that in in um, Geeks on the Go, we had mentioned that um, Orlando Bloom was rumored to be the Batman in Superman and Batman. It's funny how life just throws another curveball. Once again, like Miley Cyrus, I should have mentioned it. <laughs> I guess we were honest to Orlando Bloom because they didn't go with Orlando Bloom. Um, so wait, it? you're telling me I don't get Captain Jack Sparrow as Robin? No. You, Damn it. <laughs> but you, you get, never know. You get something better. You get Benefer. Yes, you get Ben Affleck as Batman. And this is kind of the reason why um, we have Joey on the show because after Joey had heard um, – episode two he goes oh yeah you know next time we do a show you know i'll be on it but he was i think hoping for like an, another month or two and then the ben affleck announcement was made he's like i gotta voice my opinion right now so <laughs> i was like fine you can come on so that's where, that's why joey's here and that's what i wanted to bring up real quick does so, he always sound like a drunk boxer that's been hit too many times <laughs> i sound drunk <laughs> <laughs> i want to have my say you, you, you sound like you sound like the boxing instructor <laughs> at, at this place i go to <laughs> Skimmy, <laughs> skimmy. Uh, I think you talk about the guy from Rocky. Oh, come on, Rocky. You just punch this thing in me. Well, the first one was um, Burgess, Burgess Meredith. Meredith. Yeah. <laughs> quack, 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 quack. That you're was my penguin imitation. Because you're a bum. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, Burgess Meredith, ladies and gentlemen. For going back, Ben Affleck, no, you are not off the hook. Okay, guys, let's lay it down. How do you feel about um, Ben Affleck being. Being the new Batman in Zack Snyder's new Superman Batman. Ben Affleck, I think a lot of um, a lot of attention is too much is on the Batman part and not the Bruce Wayne part. I think he'd be a fine Bruce Wayne. I mean, Ben Affleck sucks in a lot of things, but I think he's been improving of late. The Batman side, I don't know how much Batman you get out of actors anymore. I mean, you figure close-ups and costumes, but after that, I really want action from Batman. I don't want talk from Batman. You know, it's just like it's right up there that with, deep voice. Hello, my name I is don't Batman. ever want to hear that voice again. <laughs> like, like I said last week, I don't care who you get acting as Bruce Wayne, but whoever's in the costume, get rid of their voice and just dub in Kevin Conroy. That's, that's all you do. I don't care if it sounds right yes. or makes sense at all. You just dub yes. him right yes. in. You know, yeah, it works. But uh, you know, but um, you they know, just, they better not do how they did with Bane because when they dub Bane's oh. voice. That thing was just overwhelming. Uh, Batman, you're here to die. <laughs> you're going to die, but right after this uh, wonderful piece from Masterpiece Theater. <laughs> My terrible overacting voice. <laughs> I really wanted Bane to kidnap me and read me a book because that would have been <laughs> such a nice, relaxing night. <laughs> and evidently, all three porridge bowls were eaten as Goldilocks sat in her bed. Say they so, Uncle Bane. <laughs> say they so. And every time he said the Legion, Legion of uh, Shadows, he was like, Legion of Shadows. <laughs> I think they were supposed to come in every time. They just never showed up. And here they are, the Legion of Shadows. Oh, they're, they're, not ready? they're not ready yet? Like... Oh, okay. <laughs> I guess I'll just keep beating the snot out of Batman. <laughs> but, okay, so, um, I mean, what do you think, Joey? You were so adamant about voicing your opinion about 
you know, Ben Affleck, here you go. Um, just I, it, it just shows evidence of how they're trying to fast track the Justice League movie. They're not putting any thought into it. They're not consulting comic book people. They're just saying, you know what? We're not going to do it correct. Wait, is this because Shaq has been announced to be Wonder Woman? <laughs> <laughs> I don't see any rush. <laughs> I mean, hey, you got you got this guy playing uh, with a uh, what you call it the the Ooh. from Superman the black guy. There's a black guy in Superman. Oh, are you oh Perry White. Perry White. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. I'm like, there's a black guy in Superman in Superman's world ever. But get me wrong. I'm not. I don't have a problem with Perry White being black. I have a problem with him wearing a big stud diamond earring. Hey, he's Perry the man white with a diamond earring. Perry Izzy. To the whizzy, stop it! It's not working. You're gonna see his posse come out of nowhere. They're gonna be like, "Yeah, let's go! Come on, man. let's go!" <laughs> but I, I just, I just bring it back to it. Just seems like they're trying, they're doing the, they're trying to do the, the Avengers blueprint and fast forward and not taking the time and the effort, and then picking him. Uh, they're trying to like. It seems like they're trying to go off his, you know, his Argo fame. It's like, look, look, he had his, he has his, uh, his, his, his reputation rebound. As a director, but not as an actor. I mean, if you, I mean, if you, you've all seen Argo, right? I'm not giving away anything, right? I didn't see it, but you can give it away. It's it's a fact it's, of history. It's so it's kind of like Titanic. I, I think say, we all know how it ends. How does it end? How the movie? Wait, goes. how does it end? Uh, they kind of float away. She lets him die. He floats down. I will never, ever watch that movie. That's so depressing. The boat doesn't sink, does it? <laughs> no, it just flips up. Lord. <laughs> what, what I was saying was that, I mean, he got his, but I can understand writing on, on, on the heels of, you know, him having a good, uh, an award for performance, but he didn't get an award for performance. He got an award for his directing. His performance was okay. I liked it. It was fun, but it wasn't like, oh, wow, that was awesome. It wasn't, you know, training day, you know, Denzel Washington. It wasn't Beautiful Mind, um, Russell Crowe. Well, I, I guess this, in his mind, since he directed the movie, he directed himself to act, so the award is twice, you know. Yeah, but, but if, you look, if you look at the past movie, The Town, another one, it wasn't supposed to be a wow, great, but it was, it was really done. Point. It's whenever he directs and acts, he seems to direct himself well. The problem is, is when he's by himself, you know, like Geely, like uh, Daredevil, you know, I, didn't, I was trying to stay away from it, but how can you? It's like... It just brings back, uh, you know, the George Clooney. Like he's gorgeous. Right. All women love him. But he him. was that. He, he did a good job. You know, what was that movie? Um, oh, much more of a, much more of a, action movie. Um, I think it was uh, not the Reindeer Prime. Games. No, no, something Fear. Fear itself was it? Fear itself. I think or something. No, no, no. Um, I know what you're talking about that. There's like a bomb that's gonna blow up. Yeah. Well, it's, we, we've Some already been hit. Fears. Yes. Oh, oh the summer that's summer it. Summer all like, um, Jack Ryan. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah, he did a good job in that. You know, I mean, he's not the worst actor that we are. And believe no, me, I am actor. not a Ben Affleck fan, and I usually just rip him apart. But, I mean, he's not the worst actor in the world. And I guess they went for the, you know, suave, debonair kind of Bruce Wayne-ish. I think that's what they're more interested in, you know. Uh, because, like I said, I mean, it's once he's in that suit, I really don't want a lot of Batman conversation. It's just right up there with, when the, with the whole um, idea of, of you can't get Tobey Maguire to, you know, someone else to replace Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man. I'm like, well, why? I'm like, anybody could be Peter Parker if they're a good actor. Once he's in the suit, that's all CGI. I don't really and, care. And nobody really knows, you know, even, if, even for the stunts, it's not him doing it. Right. For the most part, you know, he's not doing the fighting sequences. No, exactly. I mean, you know, all you got to do is get a good body double that matches his size. Right. And that's it. 
Yeah, so, yeah. So, so you're really not. So basically, I agree with saying that, you know that them being in uniform does, is not really a concern. It's the the alter ego that you're that you should be really concerned about. Right, exactly. And I had said to this uh, friend of mine also about this. I said it's no way in the world that DC and everybody else does not know what the entire fanboy world thinks of. Um, ben Affleck, especially after Daredevil, everyone has to know that. I mean, the way it lit up the, um, the Twitter boards and everything after that. So they, yeah. <laughs> they did exactly the greatest thing in the world. They got a guy that is going to make the fanboys see the movie because they want to be mad at it, whether or not it's good or bad, and they're going to make the other people want to see it that either A, would see a Batman Superman movie, but also over the hype. So they basically ensured almost double occupancy for that movie alone. Yeah. You know, just by choosing this one guy. That's a good, that's a good point. But you got you got to admit that's the wrong way to get butts in the seats. No, no, true, true. And, I mean, they, well, and they'll get their domestic and they'll get their overseas right. numbers. But as it goes on, if they try to get that Justice League movie, I just don't think all that is going to get right. all those butts but in the seats. But I think you, you get butts in the seats, but you lose trust. And I think that's something that, you know. Right, but now that's only, again, assuming the movie doesn't work out right. But let's just say you do get the butts in the seat and the movie's fine enough. Not saying it's, it, it wins awards, just it's fine enough. Then from the fanboy side, you have to say to yourself, you know what? If it gets the butts in the seats, that means it gets the money. If it gets the money, that means we get more of these movies. Yeah. You but, know? But, but then when we're getting the movies and we're getting people, you know, changing it because they're saying, hey, well, you know, we're trying to make more money, so let's let's stay away from the source material. Let's go somewhere different. That's right. like well, it's not like they put also. Jackie Chan as Batman. Or <laughs> 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 you just this makes no sense. I will not try to do a Jackie Chan accent. <laughs> please, please there. stop. <laughs> I did Bane or did somebody else earlier? Heck with that. Yeah, Maybe they can he get, did me. They can, get Schwarzenegger, they can get Schwarzenegger to come back to the Batman franchise. Get your ass to the Batcave. And, 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 and it all circles back to George Clooney. I'm not as angry as I was earlier when I first heard the news. I remember when I first heard the news, I was like, blasphemy. F that. What? I mean, every expletive was just like coming out of my mouth. Did you say Melon Farmer? I said, <laughs> I said Melon Farmer multiple times. Wow. Yeah, man. H-E double hockey sticks. It was, like, it was bad. Because I own, a, you know what's funny? I own a copy of Daredevil. Number one, it was on sale. And number two, I try to lie to myself. Once again, the little kid wanting to come out and enjoy the movie and enjoying it for being a, a combo character. I was like, well, maybe it's not that bad. Maybe for seven ninety nine, it's not that bad. That shit is bad on HBO for free. Yeah. <laughs> well, it'd be great, like if they if they put movies like as the uh, the price of the DVD went down, they actually put out a different release of the movie. <laughs> yeah, so that, nobody, so nobody then you just get a different version. You being a finance man, no, nobody's gonna invest those fifty cents. What are you gonna sell candies on the on the subway? Well, no, you know it starts out at fifteen dollars. It's an okay DVD, but then as it gets marked down, they release another version that's like you know half as good. You know, at seven fifty. <laughs> but <laughs> but just going back to Daredevil, I was just thinking about like how bad he was in Daredevil, and yeah, the CGI was bad because it wasn't really. But I felt like in the suit he was super stiff, and if he's super stiff in a Daredevil costume. Heaven forbid how freaking stiff. He's going to be Michael Keaton all over again. <laughs> and Michael Keaton was more convincing. <laughs> you know, I, I say everybody that enjoyed the original Batman now, in, what was that, 88 when that came out, loved it. I mean, it, there was nothing else like it. But you watch that movie now, and I always dare everyone, I don't mean catch a piece here and there. I say watch the whole movie. You'll be bored to tears. Yeah. That movie moves so slowly, and yet every time I keep saying, well, it's not really one of my favorite movies to watch anymore, I keep getting ripped on for it. 
but then people watch it and they're like, I don't remember this movie being this bad. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it, it was. Anything back in those days. <laughs> Except it's... number two. Number two did move along. Oh, I'm not saying it was great. Two. Oh, my God. Oh, it was fun. Come fun. on. Yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman. That was yeah. fun. That was the beginning of putting two villains in one movie and ruining one of the villains. It's like, oh. Uh... Well, they did a better job than that, than Spider-Man 3. That just ruined every villain. With Tobey Maguire. <laughs> it was just so much. It was so much. You want to talk about? You want to talk about? Even like a little bitch. Tobey Maguire was acting like a little bitch. No, everybody. I think everybody was dehydrated in that movie because everybody cried and then cried for so long. I'm like, please web up their eyes. Please. Well, they were crying. They saw the rushes. They knew how bad that movie was. Well, Ralph, what do you think about um, Ben Affleck being deemed now the new Batman? You're gonna hate me for saying this, but I. I want to give him a chance to see what he's going to do. Oh, okay. No, 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 I don't hate you for that. I think you're going to say, I think he's going to be wonderful. I was about to say, six claws all over again. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean, what do I think? There would be no other option than Ben Affleck. (laughs) Yeah, you give me a chance, I understand that totally. You kind of have no choice now. Yeah, no, no, no. I I want to see what he's going to do. You know, I'm not going to say he's going to be great, you know, but I want to see. I want to see because I think he, he could do good. He could do good. Yeah. But just as long as he doesn't do those stupid Batman voices with the deep, like, oh, I, but I think he's I'm he's Batman. a comic book person enough to know that that's ridiculous. You know, to keep it simple, you could change the voice a little, but not over. I got a sore throat. <laughs> I don't have logices in my belt. Oh, sorry. There's actually a plus side that's working for him. Since he is a friend of Kevin Smith, you know he's gonna be on top of him all the time. He's gonna be like, no, 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 oh, no. Yeah. you can't do Batman like that. Because Batman, ah, that's Kevin a good point. Smith, is a big Batman fan. He's a Batman fan, but there's certain things he likes that I disagree with with Kevin Smith. I'm like, really, bro? You 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 like that? I'm sure he'll make, make sure that, that the character. Is, I, I hope uh, so, because sometimes when you fall in love with ca- with a character, is it because you fall in love with the character and you want to make sure it's done right, or do you want to see it done in the way you feel like it should be done? Well, Two different things. It might not be. They, they might not line up. Sometimes what you like or what, how you see the character is the way it should be portrayed. Then there's sometimes where you feel like, yeah, you know, I love the character and the way you feel like it should be portrayed are two totally different things. You mean like Chris Nolan? Oh, I'm sorry. Did I just offend everybody out there? (laughs) 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 Yes, Chris Nolan, I like your movies enough, but that's not Batman. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I remember we were having a debate earlier when we we met up and and another friend of ours was was hanging out with us, Kev, and he was talking about how he, you know, feels like Chris Nolan's universe is, you know, it's a more real universe and people have to, you know, let go of that and, you know, um, there's certain ideas and certain kind of things you can't, you know, you can't hold on to because if you're going to make it realistic, you can't, you know, you can't keep thinking that it has to be a certain way. Things have to change. So I, I know people are in that mindset. I just feel like. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Oh, I, 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 let me make it quite clear for everybody in their realism. If you want a movie based in realism, do not make a superhero movie. <laughs> Pretty much right there, you're jammed down. Now, again, remember, just like even, even Kick-Ass and Kick-Ass 2, going back to our previous part of our, um, our, our podcast, they're not superheroes unless they have superpowers. I mean, Batman aside with his gadgets and gimmicks and whatnot, they're just heroes. So if you want to make a hero movie based in realism, fine. If you're going to make a superhero movie, there is no realism. I'm not saying there has to be a fantasy world of unicorns flying by, but you know, <laughs> don't tell me you're going to give me a realistic superhero movie. It just doesn't make sense. The moment someone flies, you're pretty much out of realism. You know, if a woman's made out of clay, blessed by the gods, you're pretty much out of realism. I don't care yeah, what you do the rest yeah, of the time. But, but I understand if you can explain the physics of it, then it's real. I agree because I mean, it, but yeah, then I, explain the physics of Superman flying. The comics can't agree on that. 
And that's their own make-believe world, and they but can't figure not, it out. But see, and I agree, because we're, we're not talking about Superman. We're talking about some Batman, where it's, a lot of it can be based in logic. I mean, you know, the gadgets and how he gets in and out and that stuff. Right, but then it doesn't become a really interesting superhero movie. It becomes a cop that has a lot of gear on. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, in other words, you know, he's not doing the triple backflips, the, you know, Houdini escapes and whatnot. His, his villains aren't clay-faced. They're not over the top because he's real. You know, so now we just get what a realistic version of Penguin, which is just some short, stubby guy in a tuxedo. That Danny DeVito. <laughs> no, 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 no. He was over the top. Yeah, he was over the top. He had the wet feet and the wet hands. Right. Kind of fly, the no, fish. No, no, no. I'm saying. <laughs> right, right, yeah. right. You know, yeah. I'm not, it's unfortunate. I mean, you know, if you go to realism, then like I said, you could just then just turn on, you know, some cop show, and throw a cape on them for whatever I reason. That if would you be. want realism, then basically. You gotta suspend. You gotta give up that suspension reality. It's a comic right. book movie. Give right. it up. Well, that's my whole point. You know, so that every time I hear the realistic version of a superhero movie, it just just kind of aggravates me because it's it's not what you're gonna get. All right, Mike, talking about suspending reality. Remember this, guys. Remember this. Um, okay, so overall, um, um, so Ralph, you're saying going back to Ben Affleck, you say give it a chance. You say as long as he does a good role as Bruce Wayne, there's a, a fighting chance the movie will be great. Exactly. You say. Joey? I'm going to go into it with very low expectations, so at least I'll be pleasantly surprised if it's good, but it's Ben Affleck. He's not convincing as a superhero. Yeah. Ever. <laughs> and I guess I'll go on record as saying that as much as I'm not happy with it, there have been times that I've not been happy and things have turned around and I've actually enjoyed it. I'm a baseball geek, so all i got to say is Joe Girardi as a player. Anyway. Yes. <laughs> that's the me and Joe conversation. <laughs> so um, actually the next point that I wanted – or the next topic of conversation I wanted to hit was um, comic book um, – Animated movies. So we always talk about, like, like we talked about in the beginning of the show, we, we tend to lean towards movies and animated movies and that stuff. And I say, hey, heck with it. If we're going to go there, let's go there. So we're going to talk about animated movies that involve superheroes. Because there's animated movies that don't involve superheroes. And I could, you know, go on about that. But I asked the gentleman on the panel to rate their top three superhero animated movies in their opinions. Now, well, once again, it's opinions. It's like assholes. Everybody has one. So I, <laughs> I just kind of want to hear what... Wait, let me check. <laughs> I mean, in in this case, a... some of them will have three. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, but technically, do you have an asshole if you have a colostomy bag? I mean, I'm just wondering. <laughs> yeah, but it's not an asshole. It's a side hole. Wow. <laughs> so, all right. So then let's go with... Um, let's see. Who would like to go first? Um, top three animated superhero movies in your opinion. Well, let's do it this way. What's the, the number three? Okay. Oh, let's go around. Okay. Everybody talk about what is your number three movie? Me? Ah, I'll go with it. I like Doctor Strange by Marvel. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah. You can't that, beat that. That was horrible. That was, was fantastic. So that, you want to talk about a movie that kept going. It's like, he's, he's lifting bricks now. Now he's learned, oh, my God. Oh, Dharma Moo. Oh, here. Oh, God. That Trans movie was a lot of fun. It's character development. It's yeah. called I Was Falling Asleep. <laughs> oh, yeah, animated these... movies only have like an hour and a half to develop. <laughs> Look, you guys, <laughs> you guys, you, you guys are the Hulk smash people. Oh, I don't want to see Bruce Banner. I just want to see Hulk break things. I want to throw my Hulk smash. 
Doctor Strange, any man that wa walks around in silk pajamas to battle crime, he's got my boat right there. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, Stephen Strange is just such, I mean, I, I try to like him. I really do. He's just so boring. He, when he had his own book, he was boring. I'm like, he's doing mad. He's, he's old Harry Potter. I freaking hate him. <laughs> hey, he's had, he's had several, he's had three good runs. And they all ended. What does that I'm sorry, you? I'm sorry. How many runs have been with Green Lantern exactly? <laughs> in, in just the last 20 years. What about this run now? And where's Dr. Strange's book now? Oh, that's right. He's still waiting for a book. Hey, he's with the New <laughs> Avengers. He's part of the Illuminati. He's a really cool Didn't guy. Didn't he lose the, the, the eye of um, uh, Agamotto. Agamotto? Yeah. Didn't he lose that recently to Brother Voodoo? Well, Come I on. think it got a little cataracts and he just had it cleaned up. But uh, <laughs> yeah, Brother Voodoo had it. Uh, they, they gave a black guy the chance, and what happened? He squandered it, and now he's dead. Brother <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, that's your number three, Doctor Strange. Uh, we'll let you go with that. Um, Joey? I'd say Batman Year One. Batman Year One? Wow. Why? Uh, brought back classic, you know, classic storytelling. It seemed like a good adaptation from book to comic. It, and it also, instead of making it happy-go-lucky, you had Gordon cheating on his wife. It gives, you know, some realism. It gives some, you know, that everything in a comic book world is nicey nice. And I like Batman Year One. The only problem is I felt like it should have been called Jim Gordon Year One because it was like it was it was mostly Jim Gordon. And a little bit Jim loose. Gordon would have made a great Batman according to that movie. Yeah, I mean, he man. was kicking butt everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> And it was cool, but I was like, that's too much Jim Gordon. Come on, I understand they have to explain what Jim Gordon had went through in Batman and the parallels and all that stuff. But, I mean, I like the movie. I just felt like it was a little bit too much Jim Gordon. But I definitely, I mean, I Well, like I, you choice. know, again, I like the movie too. But it is funny because, like, with me, it wasn't so much that I felt it was too much Jim Gordon. It's just that Batman kept getting in the way. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like Dark Knight. <laughs> wow. Oh, sorry. Well, I'll go I'm with, a Joker fan. I'll, I'll go with mine. Um, my number three is actually, a short movie version. It's Wolverine versus the Hulk. Yeah. I actually like that movie because really? of the fact that, I mean, you knew who Wolverine was. You didn't have to get right because a lot of these movies you have to go building the story into here's who the person is. And, and with the characters we already know, like Batman and Spider Man, they got to reintroduce the audience. Here's okay, Wolverine's got claws. You've got these other mutants here who are doing this. Go get them. And you have incarnations of other mutants that are very true to who they are in the comic book. You don't have to go too much into into um, understanding them. And they fight, and the fight scenes are awesome. And Deadpool is not too much, not too little. He's just about, you know, enough sarcasm to be Spider-Man, but not to be like, oh, my God, it's Deadpool. And, you know, that movie answers that eternal question of, of what happens when an, a non-stopable force meets an immovable object. Right. You get military intervention, and you don't even know what happens. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I liked it. Even though it was a short, I think it was like a 20-minute movie, was it? Yeah, 20, 30, 20, 20, 20 Yeah, it was, it was like, I mean, I loved it. I loved that movie. So, you know, I felt like it moved really quick. It kept my attention. And, you know, with Wolverine, I don't want For 20 to... minutes, thank God it kept your attention so long. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder you didn't like Doctor Strange. It was an actual movie. A boring one, yeah. <laughs> I, well, it didn't have any flashing lights to keep your attention, I guess. But. Oh, those flashing lights in Dr. Strange, that was the magic. Him just twinkle, twinkle, get out of here. <laughs> but I just, I mean, and, and mind you, yeah, it's, I, I just think in, in a movie like Wolverine, you, you shouldn't have to do too much explaining. You should just be fighting. And, oh, and you know, what are they going to explain with Wolverine? Schnick, schnick, slash, slash, I'm the best at what I do, and I'm kick ass. Yeah. <laughs> I was, well, I was looking for your mind. podcast because you actually explained what the schnick, schnick yeah. is. Because a lot of people <laughs> would not realize what that was. Yeah. I'd be a nerd new. I was sitting there like, yeah, somebody say it. Well, I like the flip. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I, my number three 
Batman Gotham Knights. I thought it was good. I know you didn't like the Japanese animation You can't style. see my face right now. My God. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Explain. I want to hear why. Captain here, he's, you know, he's pouting. Like I'm not pouting. I'm he's like, putting up his shield. shield. He's about to throw it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I thought it was good. The stories are pretty good. Especially the, the one where um, Batman's testing out his latest device, and it's a, a shield that activates as soon as someone fires a bullet. So to protect him. And the shield kind of backfires because it um, causes the bullet to ricochet and actually hits one of the villains. And you see this side of Batman where he hates guns and because of him, someone was shot with one of the bullets and he actually goes and protects the guy and actually takes him to the hospital, I think it was. Right. So I, I thought it showed an interesting side of Batman. I think that was, I think I agree. I mean, out of all the stories, that was cool. I just feel like the animation dist- um, distracted me so much, and because it was all these different animators doing Batman, and and I know that was the idea. The idea was having like a collection of Batman stories, all as kind of one cohesive story. Right. I didn't feel like it was cohesive. I felt like it was very disjointed because the, it, it wasn't as cohesive as you as it was supposed well, to be. I don't think it was meant. It seemed like it was like a, a different like a different angles of telling of Batman. So it was like your like if we all sat down and gave a story about. Batman. It's all going to be different. It's all going to be painted different. So that's where it wasn't meant to be. Kind of like the Batman animated series one where those three kids told their versions of Batman. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. Yeah, I like that one. <laughs> one of those stories where it depicts Batman like a demon. You know? Yeah. And I thought that was awesome. It was just really good. <laughs> okay. So I'll give you a three. So that's, that's number three. Okay. Number two. Mike. Number two, uh, I'm going to go with Dark Knight Returns, part one and most of part two. <laughs> just, let's just consider Dark Knight Returns as one whole movie. Okay, let's that just do that. This way I don't have the bad memories. Yeah, because it, it was just for money's sake that they made it two parts. Yeah, exactly. But I did enjoy yeah, that. Most of the book is long, so you know. It's not that long. I'm not for what they needed to tell all, us in that movie. They, they add, I mean, all the stuff they took away, they took a lot, a lot out, of, out of that book, which some people argue that why they didn't like Batman. And I'm with you, Mike. I, I, I love um, Dark Knight Returns 1 and part of 2. But, I mean, one, if anybody owns the book, it's a lot of narration. It's a lot of Bruce talking in his head. It's a lot of, you know, um, like soliloquies, I guess, if you will. You know, him talking his thoughts out loud and talking about what's going on. You don't get that. So it changes the style of what the cartoon is, but the cartoon is still great. And, and you know, it... The book, you know, like the Captain saying, the book has those, um, it's those things that today's comic book people don't recognize. They're, um, what do they call them now? They're these, they're lines and curves, um, usually in like dark, um, oh, they, they call them um, lettering, words. That's what it is. That's what people don't know how to, to do anymore. Read. That's right. That's what it was. I knew it had something in there. Have you seen, have you seen text? Have you seen text lately? I don't think anybody reads or writes anymore. <laughs> no, not at all. So, yeah, it's definitely wordy. Um, so translating that into a movie, you know, obviously you can't do that. You try and right. get it as much as you can visually. And I'm fine with that. It's just that the second part of it, it just felt like there was a lot of filler. You know, it's like Joe had said. I mean, they were make the second part to make money instead of just making it one longer movie. You know, but all in all, I still thought it was a great retelling. It's it's wonderful. Was Peter Weller the voice of Batman? Peter Weller was the voice uh, of Batman. Mr. Robocop himself. Which, by the way, on, on a side note, I was watching Sons of Anarchy last night, and I didn't realize he directed a couple of the episodes. Really? So I jump up and I'm like, Peter Weller? And I look it up, and I'm like, Peter Weller, Sons of Anarchy. And I look it down, and I'm like, wow, he directed a couple of episodes. Oh, that's fantastic. So he, he must be busy, Pazzy. I mean, he, he did um, um, Dark Knight Returns 1 and 2, and he's doing Sons of Anarchy. Props to Robocop. I, I just hope he doesn't get started in a new rendition of Robocop. Well, I hope they put him in there not as... Well, depending on what they do, if they tell it from the beginning, 
fine. What well, would be great though would be to see like if he was like the at the end of his commission as Robocop. You know what I'm trying to say? I mean, well, I mean, he basically broken down. Like in other words, because remember his face was was live. Um, you know, was flesh so that it would age. You would think. Right. You know, like so that literally this would be like this was the original Robocop. We're now right. sending him down. This is the new model. I think that would just be a cool. You know, homage to the old stuff. You know, instead of just going, the other stuff never happened. Here we go. Right. You know, I just think it'd be fun. I just like Peter Weller. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll choice. get back when they when RoboCop releases. I want to come back for that. When is that coming out? Does anybody know? Keep, I mean, it's been it talking keeps getting about pushed. it for ages. It was supposed yeah. to be at the end of this summer, and they pushed it because I think they're oh, having that's, major. That, that's not a good. That's not a good sign. Yeah. yeah I say GI Joe. GI Joe wasn't bad though. GI Joe retaliation wasn't bad. And you're gonna bring me back for that too. Wait, wait, wait. So. The first G.I. Joe. Horrible. Okay, that's the one that kept getting pushed back. Well, no, it got pushed back a while, too. But then oh, okay. the second one, you're saying the second one's good? Second one's good. Second one's good. And and I'm that, a, that one got pushed back more than the first. A, about you're a year, right? right? Yeah. yeah. It was supposed yeah. to come out earlier. Then it was supposed to definitely come out the end of this summer. And now I don't even think it has a date anymore. What? The Robocop, the new Robocop, the oh, new okay. rendition of Robocop. Okay. I, I was like, we're talking about Oh, like, the G.I. Joe, Joe came out already. <laughs> sorry, excuse me. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm still befuddled by the retaliation. It's ridiculous. February 7th, 2014. Oh, they did give a date. Okay. Wow. February okay. 7th? Week before Valentine's Day. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Valentine's yeah, they, Day. They, they, because they knew there was no way anybody was taking a date to that movie. <laughs> anyway, I, I, I and it's not going to compete with Thor or any other Marvel <laughs> movie coming out of May. I'm taking my girlfriend for Valentine's Day. We're going to go see a surprise <laughs> movie. Really? Do you listen to the podcast? No, then I got just the movie for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Number two, Joey. Uh, number two, I would say the Gotham Knight, Batman Gotham Knight. Oh, goodness. And I'm going to go back to what I said. I just like that. I know it's, it troubles you, but I like the different tellings. It's just like watching Batman from different angles. And it's, you know, Batman's very complex. And everybody has their own interpretation of Batman. So I just like, I just, it was, it was interesting and different. You know, sometimes okay. you see these these animated movies. They come out and they just rush a storyline, right. or they right. try to make a, a 350 page book into an hour and a half, and you know that's impossible. So it kind of seems like, oh, oh, climax, 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 and that's over. Credits. <laughs> and it, that's what, what I like this because it was like, you know, bang, 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 bang. You uh-huh. get Batman. Okay. Well, my number two is another Batman movie, but it's not that one. Um, it's actually Batman Under the Red Hood. Ah. I really enjoyed that because. Um, we always talk about the fact that Robin died, but nobody ever, like, and, and don't get me wrong, because Mike's giving me the look, and I know he's looking across at me. Um, I know that the, the idea of bringing Jason Todd back to life was a cop-out. I agree that DC messed up on that, and I agree that, you know, making him some psychotic um, vigilante that Batman kind of loosely associates himself with, it sucks also, but I think every incarnation of Batman, you see the Robin in the background, and it's like an Easter egg for, for some of us who know about Batman. We're like, oh yeah, that's that's an honor of Jason Todd. But I think the story was really cool. I think um, they played the Joker a different way. Even though they tried to go the Heath Ledger way, they didn't go all the way with it. Thank God. They didn't do the whole Heath Ledger Joker, but it was still kind of like a, a sadistic Joker, you know, a little bit more of a, of a twisted Joker. I liked, um, the you know, the idea the bringing up the idea of vigilantism and, you know, here's the way it should be done. You need, why aren't you killing these people? That's how I died and you let that villain go and he's still committing crime. I just thought the story was done really well. They made the changes they had to because the way they did it in the comic it wouldn't have made sense. Uh, for those who didn't who for those who didn't read the comic, they said that the reason why um Jason Todd came back to life was 
um, Superboy Prime was um, this outside of the universe and banging on the wall. Banging on the crystal that uh, he, the Superboy Prime, Superman of Earth 2, and, and Lois Lane and Alex Luthor. Well, he banging on the crystal, and the crystal somehow, it's... He kind of shattered through time. And it caused rifts right. and, and, and anomalies in time. So where in the comic book, they're basically saying that Robin was supposed to live, but because he had banged on the, on the, um, on the crystal, Robin died. And then later on, when he bangs on the crystal again, that's when Robin comes back to life. I don't know if it was that. I think him banging on the crystal brought Robin back. I thought it, I thought it was both that he that it killed him, that it caused his death, and yeah, I'm not sure. I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember clearly. Either. Either. Save the day if you know if he didn't. Bang, yeah, bang on the something crystal. along that line. But, but the bottom and line, I, there was a much more complex um, um, telling of it. Well, complex equaling stupid. Yeah, it was like nobody has a problem with the crystal here. It was like a bunch of hippies. Stop it. But it just—it was just done, you know, a really concise way. It was enjoyable. There's a lot of action. I mean, even though I didn't like the fact that somebody gets hit with a toilet bowl and they don't bleed, but that's another story. So you have no problem with them jumping off of a 20-story building and landing on their feet? He's fucking Batman. <laughs> I'm talking about Robin. <laughs> you mean Red Hood? And all of them. There was no physics involved. That right over there wasn't the Joker at a point blank at his own explosion with one of the Robins. Um, yes, he was. Yeah, 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 they all got out of that. Must their hair a little bit, I think. Once again, I still, I still enjoyed <laughs> some it. good gel, man. <laughs> I, I still, I still enjoyed it. It was, it was one of my favorite, you know, um, Batman, Batman tales, and the fact that it didn't end like the happy ending. They didn't become friends at the end. You know, Red Hood gets away, and do I have to move this? Um, Red Hood gets away, and um, Batman is there, is there thinking about the, his failure as a mentor. And, you know, just like, wow, you know, I've, I messed up. He wants to look at all his failures. You just go home to his son, Damien, and look at his fail- <laughs> failure as a father, well, too. Well, Damien's not there yet. So not, not there yet. I'm not, because I enjoyed the movie. I mean, it was a good movie. I, I just still think that if DC wanted to bring back Jason Todd, I mean, obviously this has nothing to do with the movie. This is just DC in general. If they wanted to make it really poignant, then they should have basically that he gets taken down again. Obviously, Batman can't kill, but you know how that... I don't kill, but somehow I managed to not let you save you when you fall off a building kind of a thing. I mean, they should have killed him as well. Like they, in other words, that should have just been the, I really wanted him back, but he's a wild rabbit dog and needs to be put down. And now you understand that things happen for a reason. You know right. what I'm trying to say? Like death occurs for a reason, blah, 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 blah. These are things we may wish back, but look what you get when you wish for it. You know, it would have been, I think, better tales that way than me being stuck with Jason Todd. Right. Okay. <laughs> Ralph. So, my number two, Superman Doomsday. Oh, oh you mean, oh wait, so wait, your number two really is number two. Wow. <laughs> and I'm like, DC took a number two. Oh my God, are you serious? I never read the comic, so. Oh, it doesn't matter. Oh my then, God. Then that worked out for you perfectly. Let's speak his piece before, I, before we ran. Um, yeah. yeah, that, whatever. Look, he needs to take a friend. chip for this. <laughs> He's out of beer, so he needs Ralph, to take a chip. Ralph, defend yourself, please. Right. I always think these kind of stories where... <laughs> Where you see this godlike figure actually fall, you know, and like the aftermath of it, and you see people going crazy, and then, sure, it's sort of like a Jesus story because he rises again, and then he saves the day or whatever, with long, hair. <laughs> with long hair. Well, you would have long hair too if you spent a few months, you know, recuperating. I'd have long hair, not a mullet. <laughs> he had a, he had a perm. He had a bad yeah, perm. Evidently, when Crintoni is basically near or near death, they get a really good makeover <laughs> from somewhere in the 80s. 
But I, I thought it was a good story, and it told, it was told really well, in my opinion. But you know. Well then, yeah, because you didn't really read the comic. If you read the comic, then it'd be like, oh my god. You know, if I have read the comic, mm. I'm sure. The, let me, let me preface this with, that's your opinion. Now let me begin bashing. <laughs> <laughs> the art was horrible. The story was horrible. <clears throat> and mind you, you didn't have to read the book. It was just. I mean, the, the the writing, the dialogue between characters. I mean, what was those indentations in their faces? It was like supposed to be like cheekbones, but it looked like like a bunch of bizarros. It was like some weird heroin addict's cartoonish it's dream. It's weird dimples. See, this is the Super benefit, dimples. The benefit that I have of not being an artist. I don't really look at that like as much as you two do. And 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 you know, and I'm not. I always because Ryan does bash things more for the art, and I and I'm like, you know, I take the story of it, but. Like I said, you you know the the storyline of it was really it didn't flow. It it it's like yeah, but I guess because I read the comic book, I was expecting more out of it. It was one of those things that you you got excited for it and you watched it and you're like, that's it, that's it. Wow, is there more? You were waiting for things at the end to happen at the credits. You were hoping the movie started all over again. <laughs> I was just hoping Superman died again. Stop <laughs> <laughs> <job> there. <laughs> all right, now let's get to our num your number one animated movie in your opinion. Mike? Number one animated superhero movie. Yeah, not my animated movie, because that would have been a whole different list of movies. Um, I really am fond of New Frontier. Also because I really, really love the, the book, too, as I have the absolute copy sitting right over there of it, <laughs> and all the singles in storage. Um, I just thought it was a great telling. And they didn't do a bad um, rendition putting it into the, um, into the animated form, either. It, and their attempt to copy, uh, what is it, guy's name? Uh, Darwin Cook's artwork, yeah. I thought, was really good as well. But I just like the story. I like that, that old-time feel of the Justice League getting together, you know, without a lot of modern trappings, you know. Um, it was just fun. I just have a lot of fun with it. Yeah, I love that movie, too. And it's funny, it's not in my top three, but it, only because it slipped my mind. Because I like that movie yeah, I do. A lot. I, I, do I, I do love the fact that, you know, basically Aquaman at the end just gets the short sheet. Because he's not in the whole movie. He just shows up after saving Superman, who was, I guess, blown into the ocean or something like that. And it's just kind of like he shows up in this elaborate ship or something along that line. The doors open. He's got Superman in his arms. And he's just like, I'm Aquaman. And then, then the credits go up. <laughs> <laughs> at least he saved Superman. How many people can say they did that? <laughs> Lois. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, New Frontier, you're number one. Yeah, good choice. Joey? Uh, I say uh, Batman. I'm going to go with my Batman theme. But uh, Batman, Mask of the Phantasm. Wow. Oh, that's interesting. Wow. Okay. I mean, I did like the movie. <laughs> I, I liked it because it, 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 it continued with the animated series, but it, it made it more adult. Like, it didn't have to worry about kids and buying toys. They, they, he beat Joker to a, almost death. Right, and the Phantasm, she did kill. Yeah. yeah, that's true. And 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 it kept and it kept to the well, what I was used to at the time, the Conroy, Batman, the animated style. I haven't seen it. I was five when it came out. Wow. Wow. Eight check. And we're mo <laughs> and moving on. <laughs> um, I I'm gonna give mine, and I apologize, guys. I'm gonna give a one and a one A, because I don't know if this is, counts as a superhero movie, but is there a superhero in it? They're heroes more than meets the eye. Oh, God. <laughs> no, animated Transformers, the one that came out in the 80s. It was oh, the I'm one sorry. Oh, my. 
Oh, okay. Then I, I, I was under the impression this was a comic book thing. No, no, okay. no. It, it, it's comic book superhero. I mean, but technically, the Transformers are superheroes. You know, they, they were created by Marvel. Spider-Man was in the third issue. You know, I mean, so they were considered, they are considered superheroes. They're just not, you know, with superpowers. They're aliens, so to speak. Um, I guess, I but on their planet, wouldn't they just be cars? <laughs> well, there were ships. Well, they weren't even cars. It's, that's a, yeah. they didn't until they got to Earth. That's when it became to, to, to get that to get to get that that proper that not only that toy property but that um, idea of a comic book to go all the way to movie form and then make it adult. It was kind of one of the first times that an American um, or for me an American um, property like Transformers le- leapt leaped leapt. Left, thank you. Left onto the onto the to the movie scene, and went more adult. I mean, I remember people talking about Bumblebee. And I mean, Spike cursed. Yes. Spike, Spike. Oh shit! What are they gonna do now? And then they kill a major character. That's the equivalent of having an Avenger movie and you killing Captain America and he stays dead. They killed a few they major killed, characters. They, they killed a bunch of major characters. And mind you, now now don't get me wrong. I'm not blind. It was done for the toy line. They got rid of all these other characters to add new characters so to sell more toys. But. Which is always never, the motivating factor. And you can never say, think about it the last time you saw a movie where a bunch of your favorite heroes that you knew died and didn't come back. Not, oh yeah, they're, they're going to be back in the next. No, they're dead. Dead at the door now, they're done. I think I, that's why I make that 1A because I said, you know, it, you know, we're kind of talking about superheroes, but I wanted to introduce that because that's the first American movie to, to introduce the idea of, hey, life sucks. People die. Get a new leader. Let's move on. You know, I like that. And my top one is actually The Dark Knight, Dark Knight Returns. I, 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 um, I put it higher up because I feel like everybody's been wanting that movie out and everybody wanted some kind of, you know, um, version of that, of that book into a movie. And to finally do it in a cartoon form, yeah, it had its flaws, but I like the choice for Joker. They didn't choose Mark Hamill or Mark Hamill didn't accept it or whatever. But yeah, Mark Hamill they, was done, I think, by that yeah, point. Yeah, I think he was done at the time, yeah. So, I mean, the, the, the guy they chose was great. He's the guy from Lost. Um... Um, Peter Weller was was a great Batman, and just I mean it, it just it moved really well. And the second one, like I agree once again, I'm just repeating the same thing. You know, it was just them trying to squeeze out another one instead of making a one long movie. But I feel like Dark Knight Returns made me feel like wow, that's the way a book should translate into a movie as best as you can. Ralph, Ralph, do you have any Hasbro toys that you want to push? Or? <laughs> <laughs> nah, I haven't gotten a check from them yet, so I'm not going to do it until they get that. <laughs> <laughs> Got a check from them. <laughs> <laughs> that Hugh Jackman check went right in. Yeah, Direct yeah. deposit. What do you know? J.I. Yeah. Joe's still floating. <laughs> so my number one, All-Star Superman. I love that movie. Especially because, you know, it, it kind of more humanizes Superman in a way. Because he's actually dying from radiation poisoning. You know? Not fast enough. Yeah, but still, <laughs> it's cool. Cause when you think about it, Superman has cancer in a way, and he's dying from it. And he still manages to outsmart Lex Luthor, who, if you haven't seen the movie, the premise is that Lex Luthor creates a serum that allows him to have uh, Superman's powers, but only for, I think it was like 24 hours. And um, Superman hits him with a gravity gun, and because of the increased gravity, there's this whole physics thing where gravity, uh, where time uh, travels faster with higher gravity. So instead of having 24 hours, he only has like those like an hour or something of Superman's powers, and that's how he beats him. But at, at the end, you see um, uh, Superman going into the sun because the sun is going to explode. So they don't really even say if he's dead or not. 
You know, because all you see is him. Uh, it closes out with uh, you see Superman uh, in the sun and like holding it up or something. It's like one of those. Uh, what's that? Well, he he kind of looked kind of like uh, either Atlas or the Vitruvian yeah, yeah, Man or something. Was I, was a, I forget what kind of pattern that. they kept him in. At least I'm, I'm thinking more of the comic. I think more than the uh, the movie. Yeah. Now, had you read the comic? Uh, no. Oh, okay. But he, that's what he seems like. Yeah, he took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah, it's um, I've read the comics. I've never seen the the movie actually. The comics, I, I read the comics and I was done with it by the time it ended. It, it, the comics should have ended, I think, two issues before the actual end, which would have been before the Lex Luthor fight. Um, How did they end it in the comics? In the comics, and now, again, uh, you'll have to tell me this was in the movie, and I'm, my memory's going to be sketchy on this, because this is now, you're going back at least five years, I think. Um, there's some device or chamber or something where he, it's almost like he experiences life, and I think it's like what the world would be like without him, or, yeah, yeah. or something along that line. Is that in the movie? No. Oh, okay, they didn't put that in the movie. Um, so that, because he knew he was going to die, he, he went into some kind of device or whatever, and he basically gets to experience what life will be like without him, and I think he kind of realizes that life goes on. And um, so he writes his own obituary under his uh, alias, Clark Kent. And I, when you read that, you're like, oh my God, this is the best ending ever to a comic. This is so fantastic. He writes the obituary for Superman. As right, because Superman obviously is going to, quote unquote, I'm doing air quotes, go away and die. And Clark is going to write his obituary since Clark knows Superman. And then, of course, Clark will probably himself go away to die. But, um, and, you know, they don't get that far. But you just read this whole thing. And it's, so it's the, the, the death of Superman by Clark Kent. And it's, it ends with a, a close-up of, the, um, I think he's written it on the computer. He hasn't hit the papers yet, obviously. Um, it's just what he's written. And you're just like, this is the most incredible ending to a comic. What do you mean there's another issue coming out next month? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? that. And that's when you got into the Lex Luthor thing, and you're like, not that it was horrible. I mean, it was fine. Like you said, I mean, it was, it was clever yeah. and all that. But you were just like, oh, I already had the ending I liked. And you know? it was interesting, though, because at the end, Lex Luthor, he does this whole thing because... Um, Superman's dying, and then he realizes at the end, he's like, the world needs a Superman. So he actually, uh, they don't say that he does, but he kind of helps him out to clone Superman. Because that's, that's what they're, they're insinuating that's going to happen. Right. Yeah, I, 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 and it's funny, um, All-Star Superman, I own, and I'll lend it to you, Mike. Um, it's a great, it's a great um, version of that I know of that com- tears coming out. Really? Wow. <laughs> Invoked an emotional response. Nice. Wow. You had real tears, though, when Wolverine lost those first three claws. Yeah, <laughs> man. How are you going to do that? How are you going to make claws? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> All right, so there you have it, guys. Um, um, four guys, four nerds telling you about their top three comic book um, movies or superhero animated movies um, in our opinions that we would love to hear from you. And now, to cap off another episode of Meanwhile, 22 Pages Later, um, we bring back my favorite segment, Geeks on the Go. But now we've got a third person, so I'm wondering if we can... Squ- Fourth. No, because I don't usually answer until the end. Excuse I me, my mess. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> man. Yes. I'll answer the last two. Oh, so he can't talk, but he can count. Right. <laughs> <laughs> barely. I can barely spell either. Um, so it'll be these three, and, and for the last two questions, I'll, I'll add my two cents. But for the most part, it's going to be Ralph, Mike, uh, Mike, the finance guy, and Joey answering questions within one minute. I wonder if we can squeeze it all in in one minute. Let's give Hell it a try. Hell no. All right. So ready? Okay, let me. Ready? 
set, go. Who's the lamest Justice League or Superfriend member? Wonder Twins, Wendy Marvin Wonder Dog, Plastic Man, or El Dorado? Mike. El Dorado. Joey. I agree. Derogatory Mexican. <laughs> Ralph. Wonder Twins. Come on. You turn into water? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Question two. If Ben Affleck is now playing Batman, who could be his Robin? Hint, it can't be Matt Damon. Joey. I say Banky, not Jason Lee. I mean the actual character Banky. <laughs> well, uh, Danny DeVito, he already has a size, right? <laughs> <laughs> Two people, either Kevin Smith or Jay Lo. <laughs> oh, wow, okay. <laughs> His career goes into the toilet. All right, question three. Which Avenger do you consider the most underrated? Ralph. I would have to say Iron Fist. Wow, Mike. Um, Moon Knight. Because he is like a light, bright Batman. God, that's so horrible. He's great. Timer goes off. Heck of it. We'll keep going with it. Joey. I say Namor because he's kind of like the Marvel of uh, uh, Aquaman, and nobody respects Aquaman. And that Aquaman. should make him have a movie? <laughs> <laughs> All right, question four. If you had to choose, who should be the next to die in the upcoming season of Walking Dead? Ralph has skipped. Mike. I say Carl the Sun because nobody likes a teenager. Wow. <laughs> Joey. I'm going to agree with that because I'm getting sick of him whining and bitching about his mom being kicked. Oh, See, man. nobody likes a teenager. I was going to say Michonne because usually the black guy gets it, the black girl gets it. Why she's not dead already? Because they still only have one black woman. It's the black guy that they keep interchanging. <laughs> well done. Well done. <laughs> okay, question five. I'll even throw in on this one. DC or Marvel, who should be the next superhero to get his or own movie? Joe. I'm a fan of Venom or Carnage. I like that storyline, oh. and I think it's interesting. Okay. Mike. I don't. But anyhow, <laughs> DC, Swamp Thing, Marvel, Tigra, the werewoman. Because I just like Tigra, the oh werewoman. And you follow up that with that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with Mike on the Swamp Thing. I want to see them make an Alan Moore Swamp Thing movie. Yeah. Anything Alan Moore. Absolutely. And I'll go with Firestorm. I'm just a big Firestorm fan. I think if, if done well with the, with the graphics, I think it would be done well. I know this is way off our time thing. Just looking at the Firestorm. <laughs> looking at the Firestorm of the Trinity War. We were talking about Firestorm once before and, and the lack of black characters in DC World and how with Jason Roche and uh, Ronnie Raymond, Firestorm was black, you know, but now they're both housed. Well, they're the same two characters, but now he's white in the new DC, new 52 universe. Yeah. Yeah, just toss that out there. Just throw that out there. <laughs> of That's how America works. Yeah, That's how DC works. Yeah, That's how DC works. Last question. I don't even know why I'm speaking fast because the timer went off a while ago. Elektra, the movie sucked. What movie would you, would have given, would you have given to Jennifer Gardner instead of Elektra? Mike. Black Widow. And she would have been great. That's fantastic. Anyone that ever watched Alias knows that. That's fantastic. Joey. I say Jean Grey because she needs to stay dead and remain dead. <laughs> I love Jennifer Garner. <laughs> Ralph. Catwoman just to see her in that leather. Wow. <laughs> I'm going to go out there and say Wonder Woman. If, this is, if you're talking about anybody else kick-ass besides her, it might be Jessica Biel. But I think Jennifer Garner, I think she would be a great Wonder Woman. I mean, you could change the hair color all you want. She's kick-ass. Oh, it's true. Yeah. Very true. Yeah, so, um, I, wow, I guess that's it for the show today. We went a little bit longer than usual. Hopefully, um, uh, we'll be discussing about when our next show was going to be. Maybe it's a week, maybe it's two weeks from now. Who knows? But stay tuned so that you'll be able to hear from us. Um, I want to just thank our special guest, Joey, for hanging out with us today. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks, Joey. Wonderful paella and chips and dip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, compliments to Mike on the food. The paella was awesome. Yeah, wait till they get the bill. <laughs> <laughs> um, any closing words, gentlemen? I don't have anything to say except for uh, 
the one that turns rock. Wow. Okay, I can't even follow that up. <laughs> Affleck! The Doctor Who brothers, but on that one, I'm out. <laughs> and on that note, we're signing off. So for our special guest, Joey, for Mike the Finance Guy, and for Ralph the Tech, it's yours truly, the captain, a.k.a. the cap says, I'm saying, keep it geeky. See you next time.